Hey everybody, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church and happy Memorial Day weekend. Maybe it is a bit different this year and yet maybe you still have plans to break out the grill at home and do some chillaxing, but make sure you take some time to remember those for whom we celebrate Memorial Day, those who have made the ultimate sacrifice in service for our country and those they have left behind. And so as we're getting ready to worship today, be sure to like our Facebook page and check in on social media. And whether it's a fun picture of you and your family and the dog, or maybe a quote or a lyric from the service, we've heard stories of how people have turned back to faith or began attending Salem Fields because of a simple Facebook post by a friend. And if you're part of the Salem Fields family or believe in the mission of Salem Fields to share real hope with anyone everywhere, we want to remind you to continue to give faithfully in your tithes and offerings. And there's a number of ways you can do that electronically, by text to give, through the website, the give button on the live stream page, or you can mail in or drop off a check. And your giving makes it possible for us to continue the ministry of Salem Fields Community Church in our community and also abroad as we support the ministries of James and Charity Anwa in Nigeria and Menu in India. And take a minute to help us out by filling out a connection card at salemfields.com contact, where you can share prayer requests, comments, questions, concerns. And also, if you don't currently receive our weekly e-news, please let us know on your connection card so we can keep you up to date on a bunch of ministries going on and also events that are coming up. And speaking of which, we're really excited to announce our 2020 summer movie series, Drive-In Style. And that'll happen this year. The first will be Friday night, June 12th with Frozen 2. So mark your calendar. And we're going to have free tickets available for that through our website. But we need your help to make that happen. So if you're interested in joining our movie team to serve, or if you just want more info, then please email us at info at salemfields.com. It's going to be a great time. But basically, Every day of the week, we continue to have lots of great stuff, lots of other events and groups uh, for all ages. And that starts with our deeper dive on Monday at 2 p.m. on Facebook Live. Um, but one last thing before we begin our worship today, don't forget we have a special kids ministry lesson every Sunday at 1020 a.m., followed by a program for students with Pastor Tone at 1035. And you can tune into salemfields.com slash live for that. And both programs will also be posted on our Facebook page. Well, all that being said, we're so glad that you're here with us today. It's an awesome day to gather together here for worship and to share in the amazing love and hope that's found in the person of Jesus Christ. Extraordinary men and women went before us with unmatched resilience, enduring hardship, when called upon to defend and liberate. They said, yes. They found courage to rise with every son, loyalty toward their country, discipline for every command. Even in the darkest hours, they said, yes. They cherished and fought for freedom, so those coming behind them were assured of it. And when the moment came for them to give it all, their futures never to be written, they said, yes. Today, we think upon their sacrifice and find our way to honor them, saying yes to making the most of what they gave us and filling the earth with God's goodness. We thank them for their yes they will never be forgotten.
disciples were left pondering everything that Jesus had told them. They had fear, they had uncertainty, there was darkness, there was a sense of mystery. Our scripture verse this week is Acts 1.11, and it gives the culmination of everything the disciples were feeling the moment that Jesus tells them the way and then leaves. Let's read together. Acts 1.11 in the NIV. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. And now the waiting begins. The past is gone. Something new is coming. Just wait.
wow, I just love the words of that song, Dancing on the Waves, that um, Jesus is pursuing us that across the waters, that he's forgiven us, and the past is washed away and gone, as the song says, and just it goes to show you the love that God has for us, that he cares about us and where we're at and what we're going through. And so um, let's just lift him up in prayer today and just uh, and, and pray for God's blessing upon us as we, uh, as we worship today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you, God. We're so grateful for your love that you have for us. We're so grateful for the grace that you want to extend us all, Lord, that you are a God that wants to pursue us across the waters, God, and dance with us on the waves um, as we just trust and believe in you, Lord. And God, we just thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this time that we get to gather um, in your presence, Lord. No matter where we're, we're worshiping at today, God, you are there with us, and we ask that you would just be with us in these moments, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Help our hearts to be changed and transformed by, by your message today. Um, Lord, we ask that you're with Jerome as he delivers your message today, Lord, that we would be able to hear um, from you, God, and what it is that you have for us as we kind of learn to wait um, on your your return, as we get to wait on the answers to our prayers, as we, we kind of learn how to have that, um, that times of just waiting on you, God, but we know that you're there for us. We thank you for that, God. We ask that you would just be with us during this time of worship. Father, I also pray for our um, our families of, that have lost loved ones due to um, due to the the battles of our for our freedoms, Lord. As we celebrate Memorial Day weekend, Lord, would you just be with those families, be with those um, uh, family members as they maybe still experience grief over the loss of their loved ones, Lord. We pray that you would bring them peace and comfort. We thank you for those men and women that that paid the ultimate sacrifice of their lives, Lord, laying them down for our freedoms, Lord, that we'd be able to experience this time of worship in peace and freedom because of what they've done. So let us not forget them this weekend, God. We ask for your many blessings upon this day, upon this weekend, Lord. We ask for your blessings upon this service, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow, for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you two, another one, so then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? okay. All right. So I'm gonna leave and then I'll come back, okay? So you can either eat it right now or you can wait. Either way, okay? Okay. How'd you do? Did you do good? You did? Yeah. You wanted to eat it, didn't you? Yeah. So did I tell you I'd give you another one? Okay, now you can have both. You need them. <laughs> hey, Salem Fields Community Church. I'm Pastor Jerome Hancock, and it's uh, good to be with you on this weekend and in this wonderful service. And I loved that video about the marshmallow and the waiting. I tell you what, when you look at them, uh, those little kids had one. I, I'm going to have to have several to tempt me like that. And uh, I just want you to know they look pretty good. I'm not sure how long I can wait, but you know, nobody's made me a promise that I need to wait a certain amount of time. So guess what? I'm just going to go ahead and have me one.
Well, I am glad to have this opportunity to share with you today. I'm going to be talking about the trust that is demanded if we're going to wait on something. If we're going to wait on the promise of God, we need to be able to trust Him. Man, it's harder to chew this thing than I realize. But it's going down. I know you know I can handle it. So I'm glad to talk about this today because I want to ask you, when we think about those little children, how many of you like to wait on things? We're not really too good at that waiting thing. And I want to ask you, can you trust a promise that someone gives you when you're asked to wait? In Acts chapter 4, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, we read where Jesus tells his disciples, he's getting ready to ascend into heaven, and he tells his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost ends of the earth. That's the promise of Jesus in a few days. A few days. You see, the Bible doesn't say exactly how long that those disciples were supposed to wait. They just knew a few days. A few days. You know, people in our society go crazy. If you tell them, yeah, we'll have that shipment to you in a few days. No, you need to tell me when. Let me track it. I want to know the minute it's going to come out on my porch. Jesus didn't even tell them what to do while they waited. And he really didn't even tell them what to expect when the Holy Spirit did come upon them. When that promise was fulfilled, what will it be like? So you talk about a hard challenge to wait. But I'm not going to tell you how long to wait. In fact, I'm not going to tell you what to do while you wait. I'm not even going to tell you what it's going to feel like when you get what I'm promising you. I'm just saying, wait for the promise. Folks, that's a challenge. In fact, I believe the disciples were so stunned by what they had just gone through. Jesus told them this, and then suddenly he disappears and rises into heaven. I believe those guys could only stand there frozen in amazement and fear. And can you imagine what they were thinking, hey, we saw him crucified. We saw him buried. Then we saw him alive again. He appeared to us many times. And now he's just told us that we're going to get this power of the Holy Spirit. And he disappears on us again. What is going on? And I think they were kind of petrified, frozen in time as he disappeared. That's why God had to send an angel to them. And the angel says to them, and I love this passage of scripture in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, when it says, and by the way, this is our memory verse this week, encourage you to know it. He's looking at those disciples, they're stunned, they're frozen. He says, snap out of it, guys. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Hey, he's promised to come back couple of promises there. The power of his Holy Spirit working in our lives and that he's going to return. Jesus has made promises to us and I want to encourage you, memorize that verse, know it in your heart. He's promising to return and it's a very important time for us to learn how to wait. You know, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus was crucified and he has not returned and a lot of people would say, well, is that really going to happen? That word wait works on us. It takes a lot of faith to wait. In fact, to me, waiting equals trust. I mean, the more you're able to wait means the more that you trust. For instance, I can hear a woman saying this, my husband promised to pick me up at six o'clock this evening and I'm here waiting and now he's 10 minutes late, but I trust that he's going to come because he knows me and he trusts me. And he knows for sure that I will kill him if he doesn't show up. Of course, he's coming. Why? Because he trusts that woman's ability to kill him, actually. But I want you to know we trust in the Lord our God because he is a trustworthy God. When he makes promises, we can believe him. Uh, I remember going on a trip with my family. I had moved back to Richmond. We had lived in Arlington some years before, and we used to go into D.C. all the time, taking trips, tours, all kinds of things over into D.C., and we were kind of pros at it. So it had been 12, 13 years, and some of our friends, after we moved back here, came, and family members, really, and we went, two couples, my wife and me and that couple. We went to D.C., and we were going to go all over the place. Well, we got there, and everything was different. It's even more different now, but back then, it had changed a lot since the 70s. 
and uh, we couldn't find a place to park. The ellipse was all booked up. You couldn't just park anywhere anymore. It was blazing hot. I didn't know what to do. I was totally out of my element. I thought I had my thing all planned out and then found out it wouldn't work. And as we wandered around, we stumbled upon a limousine sitting there and an old gentleman in that limousine had a little sign and he said, hey, tours, $15. And so we got to thinking, that was a long time ago when four times 15, $60 was a big amount of cash. But uh, I thought we're gonna waste the whole day if we don't do something. We weren't planning on $60, but we, we just need to do it. So we said, sir, would you take us? And he said, sure, I'll show you around. I'll tell you the sites. I'll take you wherever you want to go and we'll do it for several hours. I'll even take you where you can park your car. I'll take good care of you. And we said, well, praise the Lord, let's just do it. So we gave the guys $60. We settled back in that air-conditioned limousine. It was glorious, man. And he starts driving us, and he's showing us this building and this statue, and he's taking us to all the prime places, and we're running through them and coming back to the car, and we're having a big old time. Air-conditioned is the most important thing, and I remember because it was so hot. And so he was telling us all about things, informing us. And then we decided, because my wife's family and the couple with us were related to one of the congressmen from Mississippi. Of course, Mississippi, like West Virginia, we're all related, you know. And so they said, uh, we need to go to the Rayburn building beside the Capitol, across the street in the Capitol. And uh, we want to go up. We have an appointment. We're going to meet with him for a while. Then we're going to go down to the subway kind of a train that runs under the Rayburn building and under the street over to the Capitol building. Now that's way off limits these days, but back then you could do it. And so we we decided that's what we would do. And we'd look through the Capitol. Two hours later, the guy would meet us out in front of the Capitol toward the Supreme Court building. So we had it all planned out and we said goodbye to the good fellas. He was driving us. We got out of the car, shut the door. And as we walked off, boom, he had just driven away when it hit me. He's not going to come back. What have I done? Goodness gracious. This is crazy. I don't have a receipt. I don't really know his name. There's no way I can call him. We don't have cell phones back in those days. There was nothing to compel that man to come back in two hours. Nothing. And I'm telling you, I was sick. We went up to see the legislator and I said hi to him, but my mind wasn't there. We rode the little train over. My mind wasn't there. We looked through all the beauty of the Capitol. I was just worrying. That's all I was doing. Two hours, solid worry. The guy's not coming back. I can't trust him. He's a limo driver in Washington, D.C. He's got other people to pick up. He doesn't need us. He's got our money. We're stupid. I'm stupid for having done this. So I'm just worried the whole time. Finally, we walk out of the Capitol building and toward the Supreme Court buildings, and we're going across that great big area there in front of the Capitol, and we get out toward the corner, and there are bushes and shrubs, hedges everywhere. And finally, we come around the corner of all of that onto the sidewalk, and just to the right, there it sat, that limousine, and that wonderful driver smiling at us, opening the door. We got in. The rest of the crew never thought a thing about it. But I thought about it, and I was saying, you know, this is just a man, and you can trust him. Just a man, and he keeps his promises. I was so moved by that. I just really appreciate that guy today, and it taught me a lot about waiting and trusting. You know, you can wait without hope of someone keeping the promises. You can wait without any kind of feeling that things are going to work or anything's going to go well. And that is terrible. That's painful waiting. But you can also wait with hope. And that's what we have in Jesus. Do you know that hope in your life today? I pray that you do. I'll never forget that day. But I can tell you, it's so hard to trust people sometimes. But I can tell you this, you can trust God. I wasted two hours that day worrying about things that never even happened. God makes promises. Are you trusting him? Are you at peace with him? Are you living life in the worry zone? You see, we've all experienced broken promises, all of us. Family members have broken promises, friends, neighbors, the government. We, we see broken promises all the time. And when we are compelled to wait on something, it's so easy. Even when God makes us a promise, it's so easy for Satan to get in and begin raising questions. Well, what did God really say? Did he really say that? 
Well, it wasn't really God. What am I supposed to be doing while I'm in this waiting time? How long do I have to wait? Are we almost there? You know, kids always do that. What will happen if I'm wrong? When is he coming back? Can I really wait any longer? I'm running out of steam here. So it's hard for us finite, limited human beings to understand the timing of the infinite God. I remember a little story that really kind of speaks to me about it. A fellow was praying, you know, and he thought he had worked one over on God. So he said, hey, God, I know you're so big and infinite, so majestic, sovereign of the universe. Why, to you, a million dollars is like a penny. And God said, yes, my son. And he says, Lord, and to you, time is nothing. Time, a million years, is but a second to you. And he said, yes, my son. So, Lord, because all those millions mean so little to you, how about a penny? And God said, just a second. And you know, folks, that's kind of the way it works. We need to wait upon the Lord and his timing in our lives. And his timing is not like our timing. So we need to learn how to trust him. I love a book that a friend of mine wrote. And in it, he says, God is never late, but he scared me to death several times. You know, God can come right at the moment. Remember the story in the Bible? Many of you have heard it. Some of you may not have heard Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. We call them the three Hebrew children. Really, they were teenagers. They were probably about 17 to 19. And they were in a foreign country. And the king set up a big statue and said, now everybody in the country is going to have to bow down and worship me. But these boys had grown up as children of Abraham. They were the Israelites. They worshiped only Yahweh, the one true God that we worship today. And they weren't going to fall down to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, when you hear the trumpet sound, if you don't fall down, you're going in the fiery furnace. And the trumpet sounded. Everybody hit the dirt with three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so the king called them in. You know what they said to him? He said, oh, king, you can throw us in the fiery furnace, and our God can deliver us. But we're telling you this. Even if our God doesn't deliver us from the fiery furnace, we're not going to bow down. We don't do that kind of stuff. We serve the one true God. And the king said, oh, is that it? So he heated it up really hot, threw them in. In fact, so hot was the furnace that the guys that threw them in were killed. And then the king waited a moment and looked inside some mirror, glass, or opening he had. And he said, wait a minute, didn't we, three, so, didn't we throw three guys in there? Now I'm seeing a fourth, and he looks like the son of God. Whoa, can you imagine that? And so he called for them to come out, and they walked out. And the Bible says they didn't even have the smell of smoke upon them. I tell you what, God's able to do it, isn't he? To the nth degree, praise his wonderful name. They walked out alive and well, and the king and all the people began to fall on their faces, really, and say, we're going to worship the one true God. We're going to serve him. Because those boys were able to take a stand, and they lived through it because of God's provision. Now, if you read the Bible and you read history, you know that there have been many across the centuries who have come to that point and have died for their faith. Why didn't God save them? The point is, they were committed to him. They were trusting his promises even through death. Of course, we believe that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. But do we really trust his promises? See, that's where it really gets real. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were willing to be martyrs, but God saved them because he had a bigger purpose for them. But some of us may need to become martyrs and be willing to go to the death for our belief in Christ. Corey Tenboom, who was a wonderful survivor of the Holocaust, and I used to hear her speak and hear her stories, and it would so move me as she had gone through that terrible concentration camp stuff in the Holocaust and saw family members killed and somehow was able to survive. And uh, when she came out, she would tell her stories, and she said, when I was young, before all these things happened, I was a little girl, and I heard about martyrs, and I, I was so frightened by it that I went to my daddy, and I said, Papa, I love Jesus, and I will serve him, but I am so afraid to think about being a martyr. I don't think I could ever do that. And her father wisely said to her, No, Corey, when you go on the trip on the train to visit your aunt, do I give you the money for the ticket many weeks ahead 
or do I give it to you the day you go? And she said, oh, Papa, you always give me the money for the ticket the day I go. And he looked at her and he said, yes, my child, that is exactly how God will operate. On the day that you need, he will give it to you. That's the way our God works. But the problem is we sometimes don't believe it or we can't wait on it. And I want to challenge you today. Be a person who can stand and say, I'll wait. And if God tells me to wait a few days or a few months or a few years, I'm going to wait on God and believe that he loves me and has an eternal plan for my life. He's died for me on a cross. Surely I can trust him. We need that in our lives today. Trust the one who asks you to wait to fulfill his promise. You know, as I was preparing to preach this message, I told uh, Jody Mueller about it and her daughter heard about waiting and trusting. And she wrote a song that says, I will wait. There's a plan that's yet to be Jesus, you've got plans for me And even though I cannot see I will trust you Jesus, you've never broken Any of your promises So Jesus, I will promise this I will trust you
Your word is always true. You are my eternal home. So I'll wait and obey, cause you say you're not done with me. So if I Show me peace Cause I know that you are God And I know that you are good So Jesus, I will Oh, thank you, Gracie, for that great song. Thank you for singing it from your heart. And I pray that it took lodging in your hearts, folks, that you will really say to the Lord, I will wait. If you say wait, I will wait. Whatever you say, I'll do it because I trust you. I'm so glad those early disciples, those 120 followers that gathered in the upper room, I'm glad they obeyed the Lord. They did what he said. They waited. And because they waited, the Holy Spirit came upon them like was promised, and the world has never been the same since. It is a glorious picture when you think of what happened 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost and how the Holy Spirit transformed their lives. And he's done the same thing in my life for the last 50 years, more than 50 years. I've been able to serve him and stand in the place that he wants me to stand, waiting on his next instructions, waiting on him to give me the power, waiting on him to show the way. And folks, He'll do the same for you. He's blessed my life in more ways than I can ever express. And I'm so thankful for the obedience of those 120 who said yes to God. They trusted. They waited. Where would we be today? Where would we be without the hope that we have in Jesus and the presence of his Holy Spirit? I just say, praise the Lord. I'm glad for that hope today. And I want you to have that hope in your heart. And it's available to all of us because we have the glorious hope and the power and the presence of the God of the universe living in our hearts when we surrender ourselves and consecrate our lives totally to him. You can do it. You can say yes to God. I want my little hand to be in your big hand, Lord. I want to follow you. Do your will every day of my life. You see, folks, my purpose for this message is not to just tell you some good Bible stuff. My purpose is really not to make you feel better about yourself or about your current situation. My purpose today that God has laid on my heart is much more important than any of those things. My purpose is to challenge you. I want to challenge you to trust God's promises and to receive his Holy Spirit into your heart and life. By his power, you can stand as a mighty man or a mighty woman or a mighty young person of God. You can stand no matter what's happening in our world today. You can stand and say with confidence and power that comes from the Lord, even though they throw me in the fiery furnace, I won't bow down. I will stand and wait upon the power, presence and promise of God. That's the kind of lives he wants us to live. And your family needs to see that. Mom, dad, family member, uncle, aunt, whoever you influence, people around you need to see an example of unwavering faith. Your children need to be shown how to trust God and how to wait on the fulfillment of his promises. They need to see how to wait on the Lord and renew their strength and how to trust in the Lord in all things and not waver. The Bible says anyone that wavers is like a, piece of stuff out in the wave just tossed here and there. We don't want to be that kind of person. Your friends, your neighbors, people who just pass you by in a normal day need to see that unwavering faith. The world doesn't need one more mamby-pamby back and forth, in and out, up and down, neurotic Christian. We don't need any more of that. We need men and women and young people of God who will stand and say, no matter what the world's doing, no matter what the world's saying, no matter what popular opinion says, I will serve the word of God and his promises. I will wait on the Lord and do as he directs in my life. Praise the Lord. This is way bigger than whether we get another stimulus check or even able to get some food tomorrow, which really none of us are 
that pressed for. We have so much here in America provided for us. This is about whether you will make it to heaven. Yes, you don't just make it to heaven because you say there's a God. The devils in hell believe in God, and they're still in hell. Do you believe in heaven? Do you believe that there's something after this life? If you do, I have to ask you, what's your ticket to it? The only ticket that I know of is the one who died on the cross saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. Let's go with him. He rose from the dead and he offers us life. I'm concerned that you make it to heaven, that your family members make it to heaven, your friends and neighbors make it to heaven. This is about whether lost people around you are going to find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You see, I'm a sold-out Christian today. I love the Lord with my whole heart, soul, and mind and strength. And a great reason for that is because my parents and giant Christians in the churches I attended as a child showed me what I'm trying to talk about right now. Sold out to Jesus, not wavering, standing on the solid rock. Men and women of God who didn't listen to the opinion of the world, they said, I'll listen to the word of God and do as he directs in my life. I'll never forget when I was a young kid, I was about six years old, and my Aunt Susie was only about 13, my mother's youngest sister, and she was having some teenage problems, and her mother couldn't really handle her, so she asked her wonderful daughter, my mother, Vanita Hancock, to take Susie and, and have her live at the house some. I didn't know all that was going on. I just knew I loved my big Aunt Susie, and she was such a big part of my life, and you know, she's 13, I'm six, so she's big stuff. And so I didn't have, know she had any problems. I just loved her and I still do. And she's a mighty woman of God today and all of her family as well. And as I think about that day, 64 years ago, and my mom and dad were there, and my brother and my aunt, and my mom and dad were going out. They would have devotional services at a factory during the week, about 10 miles away. They did a lot of ministry, and of course, through the church and everything, but they also did ministry out in the factories and places they could still have devotions at lunchtime and all that kind of stuff. It was glorious. And they were getting ready to go. And my Aunt Susie said to my mother, Benita, what am I supposed to do to eat? What am I supposed to eat? What are these boys supposed to eat? There is nothing in this house. Now, I'm just telling you folks, back in those days, nothing meant not a thing. I mean, we didn't have a can of beets. We didn't have anything. I know we can't comprehend that these days when we have pantries and we look at it. There's nothing to eat in here. No, we had nothing to eat. My dad pastored a small Nazarene church in Handley, West Virginia. Uh, people brag about being in the small town where, you know, there's no, there's only one traffic light. Well, Handley didn't have any traffic lights. In fact, the sign saying welcome and the sign saying you just left was on the same pole. And uh, it, it's a little spot in the road there called Handley. Dad pastored the small Nazarene church there, and he had children and a wife, and uh, sometimes we didn't have much of anything. And that was one of those days. My mother looked at my Aunt Susie and said, Susie, God will make a way. That's the way my mom and dad lived. I mean, we weren't always on the edge. Thank the Lord over the years, God took care of them, and blessed and showed us a way, but he taught us a lot of good lessons. And one of them was that day. And so mom left, and Susie was like, oh my goodness. I know I've heard about faith all my life, but this is, this is crazy. Two hours later, though, when my mom and dad returned, Susie greeted them at the door with tears in her eyes. She asked them to come in and pointed them to the dining room table, which was covered with bags of groceries. I'm telling you, folks, I can't even tell you about it without weeping. It was such a glorious day as I saw God work. She said, Vanita, John, that's my dad's name, I don't believe this. I don't understand this. But you'd been gone about a half hour and I didn't know what to do. And we had a knock at the door and there's this couple standing there saying, could we bring these groceries in? We were shopping and the Lord spoke to us and made us feel like our pastor might need something. And so they brought in several bags of groceries and put them on the table and said hi to all of us, loved on us a little bit and left. My Aunt Susie said, does God really do this stuff? <laughs> and my mother just looked at her and said, our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. Folks, that's the place to live. <laughs> you live in hope when you live there. 
You live knowing nothing's too big. If God is for me, who can be against me? So that day, along with a whole lot of other days like that, I watched God work miracles in our home because mom and dad were sold out to Jesus. They didn't waver over the circumstances. They didn't waver because things looked a little bleak. They stood firm and God worked miracles. You know, when I became a college student, I was out on my own and I'd been a pretty good kid through high school, but out on my own, I became who I really was. I wasn't under the scrutiny of my parents every day, 400 miles away at college. And I began to realize I could do my own thing and pretty soon I did and I messed myself up pretty bad. But when I got way out there, away from God and sin, it was like I had little bungee cords attached to me. I said, this is not the way to live. It just doesn't smell right out here. It just doesn't feel right out here. This is not the place you want to be. You want to be where you have those green pasture times with God. You want to be where you know the God of the universe is taking care of you. And as I got further away from him, the bungee cords my parents and those loving church people had put on me <laughs> got totter and totter until finally one day, I just kind of came running back to Jesus. And he changed my life. And it became my experience, not mom and dad's, my experience. Now I know what I believe and why I believe it. And so I'm sold out to Jesus today. So is my brother Mike. So is my other brothers and sisters. And so is my Aunt Susie and her husband. Oh, I tell you, miracle after miracle. I got so many stories about how God provides. You know, I'm as old as anybody probably in the congregation today, at least pretty close to the oldest and I'm older than most of you. I've been young and I've been old. And I'm telling you, this works. This is real. The God who makes promises keeps them. And if you're able to have faith, you will trust him. Faith equals trust that allows us the ability to wait. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can even do that better than we've ever been imagined. God's in control. He will provide and he will take care of us no matter what's going on in our lives. And he's made promises. I want to give some of them to you today. I will never leave you nor forsake you, he says. I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. No good thing, no good thing will I withhold from you if you walk uprightly. See, there are conditions. You got to walk uprightly. You can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. But he says, I won't withhold any good thing from you. That's God talking. Will you believe that today? Trust in me with all your heart. Don't depend on your own ability to understand things. In all your ways, acknowledge me, follow me, listen to me, and I will direct your paths. I will show you the way. I want you to believe that. And then Jesus says, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. It's a big, big house. <laughs> big, big house. Lots of rooms. And I've gone to get one of those rooms ready for you. And if I go away to get ready, you can, you can just believe I'm coming back to get you so that you can be where I am. That's where I want to live here on earth. That's where I want to live for eternity. Wherever Jesus is, that's where I want to be. I hope that's the spirit of your heart today. You can trust his promises and people around you need to see that unwavering trust you have it in your life today. As you stand in that kind of strength and faith and trust, you'll not only see God supply your needs, but your children, your family members, your neighbors, your friends will see something and they'll begin to want it and they'll come and find Jesus. Their lives will be changed for eternity. And because their lives are changed, it'll affect our community and our world, folks. We can have a part in the biggest transition that could be had. And that is changing our world through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, you can be a part of the team. And I pray today that you are. If you are, let's just nail it down. We're going to be the mighty men and women, the mighty young people of God he wants us to be. And if you aren't, I want you to know the good news you can be. All you have to do is confess sins and open your heart to Jesus and begin to move the direction he says and be willing to consecrate all. And he will change your life. He will empower your life and he will use you in ways you could not imagine. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, I believe this stuff. And I pray you believe it deep in your heart. I will trust the Lord. You know, if a limo driver in Washington, D.C. can be trusted, you just have to know you can trust the God who made you in your mother's womb, who died for you on the cross, who rose to give you a glorious hope. 
and who lives today to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that one day he can usher you into his holy heavenly kingdom and say these words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joys of my kingdom. Oh, I want to hear that. I want you to hear that. And I pray that your heart is ready to hear it by saying yes to him now. Would you bow your head with me? Just talk to the Lord right there in your living room or your car or bow your head and think about it. Do you know Jesus' presence in your life right now? There used to be a TV show a long time ago. Johnny Carson was the guy and it was entitled, Who Do You Trust? And that's the question today. Have you made a decision? Who do you trust? What's your decision? By the way, you know who already knows your decision? Your children, family members, and friends, they know. Do you know? Have you made the decision to say, yes, Lord, I will follow you? Let's pray. And after we pray, I want you to contemplate the song that's being sung about the beautiful Savior we serve. And let's just worship him and know that he loves us so much and we want to give our love to him. I pray that you'll have a glorious, wrap your arms around Jesus and let him wrap his arms around you and have a time when you say, Lord, I will serve you. I'm not going to let coronavirus, I'm not going to let worries and fears, I'm not going to let the world situation, anything, overcome the fact that you've made promises to take care of me and to use my life to your glory and give me the power to serve you with victory. Lord Jesus, I get to get excited when I think about it. I'm so thankful for what you mean in my life and what you mean to all of us. And you want to help people that are listening right now and people that we can reach in so many ways that we can't even begin to express them. So I just say, praise the Lord. So help us to be people of wisdom who would say yes to the God of the universe who loves us so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Speak to our hearts. We love you. It's good to be a part of the beautiful family of God. We pray all this in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You are the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. You're hidden glory in creation.
God has and continues to do for us, even in trying times when everything's changed. But know that your experience of him and your relationship with him does not end at the close of a worship service. And that's why we want to encourage you to connect with us this week. You can join us Monday at 2 p.m. for a deeper dive into the week's sermon. And if you have any questions about the sermon that you'd like Pastor Jerome to talk about, then you can email info at salemfields.com. And on Tuesdays, we have our student ministries takeover where the students and Pastor Tone take over our news feeds on our social media. And it's going to be a lot of fun. On Wednesday, we feature our Zoom lunch break conversation and worship Wednesday that evening by Facebook Live. And on Thursday, we feature our Family Connect by Facebook Live for families and children with lots of fun with Pastor Rini. And on Friday, we have our Friday morning prayer and Zoom lunch break at noon. So if you haven't already, I want to encourage you to try one of these opportunities this week and see how it impacts your faith. Well, one last reminder that all kids and teens are invited to tune in to salemfields.com slash live at 1020 every Sunday for our kids ministry program with Pastor Rini and at 1035 for youth ministry time with Pastor Tone. So I hope you have a happy Memorial Day weekend. Eat a burger for me, and we hope to see you again next week, if not before.